Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is completely sold out. Somebody was asking online today, are there day passes available? No. No, there are not day passes. Can you sneak in? I don't know. Uh, That is an important question, Conan, because for most of its history, the Porcupine Freedom Festival has been a pretty loose thing. Like, if you're on the campground and you're not going to Pork Fest, that was fine in the past. Mm -hmm. And then there was a period of time when... People the were organizers crack, they were cracking, were cracking down. down, and they had like security agents uh, <laughs> searching on, cars, uh, uh, golf carts, mm. you know, looking for passes and that sort of thing. And then the the uh, attendants tur- had a downturn after that. After they went real crazy with the security and and all the rules, attendants had a downturn. And what happened was there was an event called the uh, called Fork Fest that started, which is by the way entering its sixth year. That starts next Monday on the same campground and the people that wanted to uh, have this alternative festival said, you know, we're tired of all the rules. We're tired of the, you know, the vendor fees and all the stuff that has sort of been cooked up over the years. Uh, according to the organizers, they believed that it was making pork fest better, but a lot of people said, no, it's going too far. It's gone away from the original drive of the event, the original vision for what pork fest was. And so they created a decentralized alternative. Yeah, there's definitely a, a downturn in the ag- in the Agra Valley po- uh, population. I remember that the one year that it was just um, twenty nineteen was like a ghost town. Yeah, there were more there were more vendors outside Agra yeah. Alley than inside. Yeah, there was one guy. Uh, there was like one guy who was there selling knives or something like that, and he didn't get the memo. You know, he, he, he's just kind of like from the outside. He didn't, you know, he's, he didn't know. He's not connected with the community of activists here in New Hampshire, so he didn't know what was happening about this sort of exodus. And he ended up going to Rogers Campground and asking if he could change his campsite Ooh. to leave Agro Valley and go to this the hot, spot. hot spot. And so that's ended, where it was at. Yeah. He, so he ended up migrating at? away. And so the organizers of the event, I think they finally got the, you know, the message. And they said, all right, well, 2020, we're going to decentralize. We're going to go back to the old style. We're going to let people set up wherever they damn well want. First come, first serve. You know, if you want to get the, the Agro Valley spots, we're just, you, you can just get them a regular price, mm-hmm. right? Regular rental rental from the, the campground kind of price. And uh, and it went really well. It You know, the, the life came back to Isn't that Isn't that event something? Isn't instantly. That, isn't that the core, like yeah. one of the core tenets, you know, of central have how central planners screw Doesn't everything work. up? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. let people do what they do. Even well-intentioned libertarian central planners exactly. still fail. Both Aria and Mark are there. They've got the campsite set up at RV Site 46. So if you're at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you want to swing by and say hi to the Free Talk Live crew, that's where you'll find us. It's fairly easy to find. It's near one of the end caps on uh, the RV rows. So we'll look forward to seeing you there. We have, uh, of course, Free Talk Live and LRN.FM bumper stickers on hand. And also the, uh, the Shire Society... Uh, lanyards that a lot of people like. The Shire Society, of course, is a voluntary association of individuals who've declared their independence from the state. And that was formed, by the way, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival back in 2010. That was 12 years ago. That's the year Ron Paul was there, right? He, uh, no, I don't think Ron Paul's ever been to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Really? No, he spoke years ago, I think probably 2008 at the Liberty Forum. Oh, okay. And it was either 2008 or 2007, somewhere in that range. One of the earliest Liberty Forums, the main speaker was Ron Paul, and boy, they packed the house for that one. Oh, uh, but no, I don't think he's ever come out to um, to Porkfest. 
However, Ron Paul has signed the Shire Society Declaration. Yeah, that's that's why I thought he was there the yeah. year that it, the year that it started. And then there's the the vendors. Those a lot of those people have talents. You know, they're uh, they're good cooks or they're good at crafting things or whatever it is that they do and they bring their wares and they bring their talents to the event and it's sort of like a, this little free market that that springs up where wherever you happen to get your campsite or your RV site, you just Put out, hang out your shingle, pop a tent up, and start selling whatever it is you have to sell, and not asking for permission. That's really the key aspect mm-hmm. of this. But that was one of the things that really, as I as I became a free market capitalist, you know, I was I, I always asked myself, you know, will it work? And mm-hmm. I thought back to my days of going to Grateful Dead shows. And they used to have a thing called Shakedown Street mm-hmm. that was a similar thing. It was just uh, where all the where all the vendors set up, and everything they did was illegal. So there was zero regulation because you can't can't regulate what's illegal, right? And uh, and you know there was there was never a problem, and that was one of the things that uh, that really convinced me that you know we don't need all this nonsense from the government. And they had their own ways of kind of dealing with problems, didn't they? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, a lot of it was just not worrying about it, mm-hmm. you know? You were talking in the last sec- segment about uh, tax protesting. And I know before you've said that not paying property taxes would be a bad idea. So what would you... I mean, I think it's a like great idea if you can actually find the people mm-hmm. with the balls to do it. Yeah, if you can well, get away I, with it, if you if you if you could get your whole neighborhood, like for example, mm-hmm. me, my my whole all five hundred of us just decided to not pay anymore. Shoot, if you could get twenty percent of them, that'd be huge. Yeah, well, the but the issue that I see is, with okay. it is that the government would end uh, end up uh, richer because they would just come in and take your property, take your property, and then they and then um, they sell your property, but and, the idea and then they you... sell it. But the thing is, if if you were willing to fight back and you had enough people that you could, then yeah, you could definitely deprive the government of some uh, of some revenue. But that the thing way. is, nobody when they take people's property for non-payment of taxes, it's usually done under the cover of darkness. So what mm-hmm. what'll happen is somebody. The typical situation is somebody dies. Yep. Right, like some elderly folks who didn't write a will or whatever, they pass away. Somebody finds their bodies in their house, and then it's like, okay, well, what do we do with this property? The government takes it, they put it up on a tax sale, and then it's gone and sold to somebody. And, and this year, and, and, and last year, it's a they're making profit. Be an agorist vendor where you're not in a physical mm-hmm. location, and that's really easy to do these days. You know, selling selling online, selling all over the world. Actually, if you can do that, so but that's the, that. But the biggest thing from my point of view is be around other people who are doing something. Safety in numbers. And yes. That's why I'm in why I'm in New Hampshire. Um, you know, the uh the whole idea of the Free State Project is to gather people in one place where, you know, there may come a time when there's enough of us in New Hampshire that we can get away with boycotting um property tax or even mm-hmm. or even portions of the property tax that you don't agree with yeah. like i don't have a problem with maintaining my road in front of my either. house i'm perfectly mm-hmm. fine with that but the school the police the government schools yeah. uh, you know, most of the police i can yeah. i'm okay with the fire department but the yeah. police we don't need what is we're, i think we're up like seven million 
dollars in uh, a year and for our our little little quaint little town here well you you i think you made the best point here nobody and that is that the people is what matters having a large number of people in the same physical area that can back each other up and help out it isn't perfect you know, we still are mm-hmm. facing, uh, you know, significant amount of time. Ari and I are facing a significant amount of time behind bars. In the Crypto 6 uh, case, you already spent six months behind bars. It's like, you know, it's not going to guarantee the government isn't going to go after you. Word got around to the tax enforcers that, oh, there's this festival happening and where's our revenue, right? Like, they know there's a festival happening. <laughs> they know there's, a, you know, a couple thousand people attending it and they're getting zero revenue out of the event. So, of course, they figured they'd show up and try to intimidate people. But that's one thing. It's it's a whole other story to actually ask somebody who has a $200,000 house to put it on the line or a business and risk having that stolen. So, you know, we're a long way away, I think, from having a property tax protest. It would take a significant number of people with serious uh, huevos to have that happen. But as you pointed out, Conan, this what happened, what happens every year at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, it's just people living life. It's just not asking for permission. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. That's not a protest. And but what I'm referring to is, in my mind, is a protest in terms of the fact that people weren't afraid to not pay the 9% that you talked about before. Yeah, they weren't afraid because right. they had the numbers. Correct. And that, and that is uh, empowering. Another cool mm-hmm. thing that happened at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which, again, wasn't a protest. It's just people living free. I think one of the most memorable things for a lot of people over the, the years at Porkfest is seeing children walking around selling alcohol at uh, the Porcupine Freedom <laughs> yeah. Festival. What? Wait, Are the, you serious? Yeah, but the, weren't the campgrounds cracking down on that? Like, uh, it, just asking people not, please don't do this. But the reason that happened was because the government goons came to the campground and said, hey, if you don't do something about yeah. this, we're mm. going to pull your beer right. and, and permit. Then again, that's where they get you. They, they'll, mm. they'll attack the one person. Right. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. There's this uh, saying that slavery is not enforced by slave owners. It's enforced by the slaves themselves. Sure. Um, the latest uh, reminder of that comes in the um, the actions of the, uh, of the NH Nurse Practitioner Association. Hmm. Um, there's a bill in New Hampshire to try and let people uh, get ivermectin from a pharmacist uh directly without having to get a prescription okay it's a it's a covid you know thought to be a possible covid treatment uh and um you know the 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 nurse practitioner association is uh, lobbying hard to try to make sure you can't make that choice for yourself that you have to go to a doctor first wow in the middle of your covid and then expose whoever's in the clinic and it and uh it takes time uh, and money of course, they're going to get a piece. Yeah, of course, right. they're going to get a piece of that money. It's just their way of the latest thing to throw their customers or the you know the, the patients under the bus uh, in the name of you know they know you know the nurse practitioner association knows what's best for you, uh, even if you don't want to deal with the nurse practitioner association. Yeah, 
And if you can't afford medical care, that's why. Ivermectin is a very widely prescribed uh, drug. It's billions, used, billions of doses. Yeah, it's used as a prophylactic in a lot of African countries against um, antibacterial. Yeah, against things that carry for uh, malaria, malaria and, malaria and, uh, and de- dengue. And a lot of people believe that's why COVID very barely touched Africa, mm. where you would think that yep. Africa would have been a disaster and, area. And, and India. But, uh, yeah, and India and also Japan, um, because... Uh, no, that's because the Jap- Japanese wear masks. Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the whole thing started in China. They liked masks, too. That's true. Um, but because of the pollution, not because of they're afraid of... They're walking through poop. They're not afraid of the, some stupid virus. They're Ridley, afraid of... They want to be able to breathe. What else uh, did you want to share tonight? Their, their source, you know, for making these claims as to what we should and shouldn't be doing with our health are the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, uh, FDA, World Health Organization. You know, how, how reliable are those institutions? They're not. And the uh, other thing they mm-hmm. said that it was They're political nice little, institutions yeah. is what they are. Nice Everything little, they said during COVID has, has turned out to be a lie. By the way, Merck owns ivermectin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was mm-hmm. discovered, uh, ivermectin discovered in 1975. Uh, approved for human use in 1987. Uh, nobody, you really like. There it. was a Nobel Prize awarded. Oh, for absolutely! It also. Just a couple wow. years ago, uh, for the two discoverers. But you like this. You like this a whole lot. In 2018, it was the 420th <laughs> most most prescribed wow. <laughs> most prescribed medication in the world. So it's not. Uh, it's not it's no something. Slouch. It's no slouch. It's not something they just discovered. And uh, no, they are FDA, mm-hmm. CDC, the WHO. They're, they're, they have been leading you around by the nose uh, for the last two yeah. years, trying to convince you. Trying to that make th- their that, buddies wealthy by oh, forcing absolutely. you to get their Be, stuff. So, oh, and so Merck can sell their pill, which is basically ivermectin, but they mm-hmm. just renamed it. It's got some ivermectin. Change a molecule it. here yeah, or something like that, yeah, right? Exactly. Kind of does exactly what it's supposed to do, but they'll, you know, but they own the patent on that as well. So it's a scam. It it's, a, it's a total scam. Israel and Germany share incredible diplomatic relations, economically, militarily, socially, agriculturally. The United States and Vietnam as well. Why can't the United States and Cuba do the same? It's long overdue. Hasn't it gotten better in recent years? Yeah, they, there has been a, a, little better. a slight rolling back. It's, uh, I believe you can now actually visit Cuba. Our very own Mark Edge did a few years ago, went to visit I Cuba. I did as well. Mm-hmm. What was I it like? I did as well, and it was very interesting culturally, mm-hmm. geographically, linguistically. A beautiful country, a high literate rate an incredibly well-educated population, different political system, which is not for us to govern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I would agree with you there, um, but of course, I, I definitely support the people in uh, Cuba that would like to end the communist state there. And of course, there was recent uh, controversy, was it last summer, where, I mean, it was either last summer or 2020, uh, that summer yes, there were major protests. That's correct. But isn't it about time that we end the embargo? I agree. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's my concern. Is it morally, ethically acceptable to do business with something you don't agree with? 
So, for example, the whole Cuban embargo back in the day was because we don't do business with communism because that's uh, uh, anti well, that's anti American. It's anti everything that we stand for, according to what what I've been told. And I. I'm not, I'm, not a business I'm, I'm not a fan government. I'm not a fan with that system of belief but uh, uh, should I uh, refrain from uh, interacting with with those people and or or, or is that just not going to is that not is that the is that the non-christian way to handle it is well, that on on a on a government if I, level if I if I want to help the people if I truly want to help them mm-hmm. shouldn't I be friendly with them on on the from the government's point of view the question is really well if you don't like communism because the people under communism aren't free then should you take the freedom to trade away from your own people to show that t- taking freedom from people is cool. wrong? Yeah. yeah, come on over and check um, our supermarket. <laughs> come, come check our supermarkets out. We got food wall to wall versus your you know couple of yeah. flavors of this and that and. Um, and the big thing that's credited with winning the Cold War is Levi Strauss. Yep. yep. You know, they loved Levi's in Russia. Let's let's bring uh, it back to a all more the cab drivers were selling Levi's out of the out really? of the trunks of their cars because you couldn't get them there. Let's look at it another angle. Your na- all right, so in smaller community. Your neighbor, he's a he's a butt. He beats his wife. He beats his kid. He's a cop. You're saying he's a cop. Of course. Okay. Uh, should you refrain from doing business with with that family? Should I? So I sell. I have things that I could, you know, barter with. You know, with this person. Should I? And, and I totally against. You know, that's not just uh, uh, an ide- ideological problem. That is an actual physical. He's 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 uh, uh, punishing his his family. And I and I don't agree with that. Should I refrain from doing business with that person, or am I just hurting the family? As a whole, not just him, but the entire family is hurt by me that's, not doing business with that. That's a tough question. How do you fix that problem, by the way? I don't know. I mean, I would say that that's yet another case where other people shouldn't make that decision for you. Yeah. Me, personally, I don't like unions. I wouldn't work for one. Uh, but, you know, you can not take the job. And so anyway, mm-hmm. that's, that's what it is. It's a positive right. And uh, they're like, yeah, that one. I was like, oh, well, I'm against it. And their eyes kind of widened up like, whoa. Like, uh, and then we started kind of going back and forth about it. I was like, well, wait, am I missing something here? Like, you know, like it sounds, ex- it, but no, it's exactly what I thought it was. And anyway. Can you define right to work? Because it's one of those confusing sounding things that on its face, it's like, well, why would anybody oppose the right to work? Shouldn't right. everybody have a right to work? So, like, it's like kind of exactly. like the Patriot so, Act, though, right? Like, what, is, what does it actually mean? So, right to work, as far as I'm concerned, again, I'm hunting for what I might be missing here. But right to work is the government, you know, pointing guns at employers and restricting them from, it's, it makes it against the law. And I'm just saying, for you to work here, you must join our union. And, of course, some unions uh, have dues that you have to pay to, to be a part of the union. Mm-hmm. And it restricts that. It says you cannot require that people join your union. Right. So it's to, the right to work without having to join a union. Correct. Is what that means. Okay. And I thought, like, because I'm not the type of person that says, what's the consensus on libertarian view? Of, like, I just look at my principles and I say, That's all right, you I should do. Freedom of association. Yeah. Are you guys still locked down? Um, yes and no. 
Okay, I, I won't take the vaccine, so I can't go into uh, places like public libraries and I don't have as many rights as the general public. Uh, most places that want you to have a, a job require you to be vaccinated still, but um, if I want to go to the supermarket or whatever, I'm able to do that hmm. safely. Are they yeah. mandating and, masks still in public places? Not really, but probably about ten percent of the sheep are still wearing them. Wow. Uh, do you do you have any idea of the percentage of uh, the population there in Victoria that are that are vaxxed, one hundred percent vaxxed, versus those who have uh, refrained from taking this nonsense? Like, it's hard to say for sure because the government lies about so many figures. The government say it's upwards of ninety percent. I would say that might be true because so many people here have have bought into it, you know. And um, you know, I just I, I, sometimes I sometimes I feel very much alone with talking to you know like people just in the community and just trying to tell them uh, that this is a genocidal uh, program to kill you all. I found out that it was a fraud, and I have I have a personal policy in my life. When I find out that somebody's defrauding me, I stop playing ball with them. It's a good policy, generally, um, unless their gang is humongous <laughs> and violent and insane. I mean, yeah, so what's the uh, what's the first thing the gang did, and how long ago did you stop paying them? Well, I stopped paying them in uh, 2016. Wow. And um, the, the the worst thing that they've done is that they sent me what. They sent um, six of their gang members around to my place. You know, that's the ones with the Halloween costumes mm-hmm. and the stars on. And um, they uh, basically, uh, by force of arms, um, compelled me to sign an undertaking of bail. And what does that and, mean? An um, undertaking they, of bail? They to, basically, they put me on bail for no reason. Oh. And... Um, oh. And uh, they said that if I didn't sign this, that they were going to kidnap me and, you know, put me in the back of their their, their wagon <laughs> and drive me around for a bit. What an amazing and business my- that is. Even right. if people don't want your product, you can force them to buy it and force them yeah. to pay for it, but you don't have to deliver it. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. I don't receive any services from my municipality at all. I don't even get my rubbish picked up. I have other arrangements <laughs> for that, the rubbish disposal. Trash. Gwyneth is telling us about her odyssey of not paying what is the equivalent of property taxes there in uh, in Victoria. And Gwyneth, what are they called again? Pro- what's the term for it there? They're called, they're called land rights. Land rights, meaning you don't have any rights to the land, right. only the state right. has uh, uh, the rights. No, no, no. R-A-T-E-S. Rights. Rates. Oh, rates. Ah, rates. okay. So, but you... It's not right. right. You've done some research, <laughs> and yeah. you decided you were going to go ahead and take the risk. In 2016, you stopped paying these land rates, and then yeah. they came after you with uh, what they called a bail agreement or bail conditions. When when was it that yeah. they came after you? Oh, gosh, when was that? That would have been um, 2018. So you got a couple years. Were they sending you threatening letters in between the those those two years? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were. But the, what, what, oh, was it 2018 or 2019? It was before, it was before the world went crazy anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was 2018 or 2019. 
But I found I, I want to I want to detail the the um, the high court precedents that I used and what happened. Well, yeah. So you ended up okay. in front of a, a court. They came to no, you. No, I didn't. No. Actually, actually, I didn't because um, what happened was uh, I went to the courthouse and there was no judge. Hmm. There was just a clerk there. This process of of no. basically forcing you to pay your property taxes is usually a yeah. long process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, you're only no, you're only three no. years into this. When, where are they at now? It was, it was six years ago since I stopped paying. Right. But they are in complete and utter fraud at this point. Okay. There is no way that any de jure court in the land will turn around and say this is completely legit. We're going to stand behind it. Because if they ever do, I'm going to the High Court of Australia. And the High Court of Australia has a, has a very long record of making good judgments with relation to this sort of thing. And while I'm here, um, the High Court precedent that I'm using, because you see, the, um, the, the local municipality is a corporation and they have a tax number. Okay? And corporations with tax numbers are required to abide by Australian corporate law if they're doing business in Australia. And under the Corporations Act, you are not allowed to compel your clients to contract with you. That contract has to be uh, by um, free will. Mark mentioned earlier that it's like like a Thursday of previous years? Nah, no, nah, it's more like a Friday of previous years. Wow. Normally at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, Friday and Saturday are the two biggest days. So to say that on Monday that you've got a level of people there that is equivalent to a previous year's Friday is an incredible statement. I'm telling you, they're not going to have room for the for the group picture this year. It's going to be that, crazy. That, that field isn't big enough to hold 3,000 people. Aria, by the way, very com- well not... Yeah, go ahead. So I was just going to say, you're calling in on the SIP line at sip.freetalklive.com. Yeah, it, it's, it's popping in and out just a little bit, but it's really clear. Yeah, it was mm. good, and then it got a little bad. Now it sounds like it's good again. Anyway, go go ahead. Well, I am in the mountains, so. Yep. But uh, I don't remember exactly what point I was going to make. Oh, yeah. They may very well not have room for the, you know, the pitcher and the bowl where they get mm-hmm. everyone together, because from what I've seen, a lot of these campsites and RV sites uh, it's exactly what we expected, where one camping site is shared by four completely different people. Mm. So there's probably two to three times the actual number that they're expecting, I think, is going to end up showing up simply because of that. All right, here's one it's, of the most important questions. Is there a security crackdown this year, or is it still possible for somebody to sort of amble into the campground and uh, you know hang out for the day? Thus far, there is no real security. The pork rangers do exist, but mm-hmm. they're down there at the bottom of the hill like they were last year. Britain's top army general has told his troops to prepare to fight and beat Putin's armies in a European land war. It has emerged tonight. General Sir Patrick Sanders, who assumed overall command of the British army this week, warned soldiers, we are the generation that must prepare the army to fight in Europe once again as Russia's invasion of Ukraine rocks global stability. In a tub-thumping message to British troops, he wrote, I am the first chief of the general staff since 1941 to take the command of the army in the shadow of a land war in Europe involving a continental power. The scale of the enduring threat from Russia shows we've entered a new era of insecurity. Quote, 
It is my singular duty to make our army as lethal and effective as it can be. The time is now, and the opportunity is ours to seize, end quote. It comes as Putin menaces NATO countries and this week taunted former Soviet state in Europe by declaring they are a part of historic Russia, Mm. which has been his thing the whole time. He had his three Mm -hmm. plans, you know, go in there, take care of the the Donbass area, make those areas sovereign and take Crimea back. Which he's, which, he's, which he's been working on. Western Ukraine, not the whole country. Putin made the comments in response to a dramatic statement by Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan uh, President Tok, uh, Tokayev, who sensationally declared he did not recognize the self-proclaimed people's republics of Don, Donetsk and Luhansk mm-hmm. in U- eastern Ukraine. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.